This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit the SeanStevensonModel.com. Welcome to the Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson here with my beautiful co-host, the wonderful Jade Harrell. What's up, Jade? What's up, Sean? Look at you today. <laughs> We're matching on accident. Not at all. <laughs> the universe said we're yellow. Mm, yellow. <laughs> so how are you doing today? Spectacularnary. Mm, Spectacularnary. Mm-hmm. I think I know that, but right, tell me what on. that is. Tell, tell me what it is. Spectacular and extraordinary. Boom. Today. Boom. Goes the dynamite. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm feeling the same way, and I'm really excited. We've got a wonderful, oh, yes. powerful, important show that we got going on today. And we're going to dive into a really, really important topic and something that really lights a fire under me. And we're going to be talking about cancer today. Yes. And we've also got a special guest on who he came on before and so amazing. We had to invite him back on. So we'll get to that in just a moment. So first thing I want to do is give a quick shout out to our show sponsor, PerfectSupplements.com. Right quick. The industry leader for whole food, superfood, nutrition, and supplementation. By you being a fan of the show, you get 10% off your entire purchase. Just enter the coupon code MODEL101, that's M-O-D-E-L 101, for 10% off your entire purchase. Yes. They've got the perfect coconut oil, perfect acai, perfect cordyceps. Just so many amazing products to keep you healthy and happy for a long, long time. A long, long time. And I highly recommend the protein powder. Yes, the perfect plant protein. Good stuff. My son started track team this week and I put it in their smoothie and they were fired up, revved up and ready to roll. There you go. Getting that Mm -hmm. little boost of protein. Yes. So definitely head over there and check them out. Again, enter the coupon code MODEL101 for 10% off your entire purchase. Now let's get into the review of the week over on iTunes. This one has great with an exclamation point, Sean. It says, and of course, five stars. Just found your show thanks to Underground Wellness. Hey, very inspiring and great info. Thanks. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that review. And thank you, everyone, who's going over and giving us those reviews and the five stars. Everybody likes stars. It goes back to kindergarten. You get those stars on your chart. (laughs) Thank you so much. Be sure you're subscribing and encouraging your friends and family and even those you may not care about too terribly much to subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. We can all use a a little hand here. So let's go ahead and get into the show topic of the day. Now, something really spurred about recently when you and I actually did a big cancer event and it's called Sister Strut. Mm -hmm. And you were emceeing part of the event and I did a little segment there speaking. How many women were there? There were about 7,000. 7,000 people Mm -hmm. that we were. Maybe a little bit more. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was like a sea of people. It was. You know, and it was really interesting for me and it was pretty tough actually for me to see, you know, coming from my perspective and seeing what I have and seeing so many amazing people struggling and fighting Mm -hmm. with this disease and all of the survivors who were, you know, many of them were dealing with cancer again. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today is like, what's the real answer and solution to cancer? And for me, I began to attract more clientele that were dealing with these situations. And I've got a really important story I want to share with everybody. It's the story of a woman named Christy. Mm -hmm. And Christy is a 29-year-old mother of three. And she had just had a new baby who was only a few months old. And she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And she was informed that this cancer was spreading out 
and spreading up through her neck. And this was also considered to be like a so-called end-stage cancer. And she was essentially told that she was not going to make it, you know, and she should put things in order for her kids. And basically the prognosis wasn't good. Right. How frightening. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was, it was tough to see. But here's where the good news happened. All right. Her father actually attended a talk I did like years ago, mm-hmm. like five, six years ago. And mm-hmm. as soon as he heard about the situation and he heard the extreme nature of it, he was like, we've got to get in touch with Sean. Right. So they contacted me and she came in to see me and we basically addressed three things. Number one, we first addressed the idea that she can live and that she will be around for her children. You have to own that first. Because she was giving a very strong nocebo effect, which is the opposite of placebo effect. This is a negative injunction given to you by a physician telling you that you're going to die, basically, and all this negative feeling. And we've talked about this on previous shows, the fact that this will literally change your cellular biology because of your belief, this strong belief in the fact that this expert is telling you that you're not going to make it. So that was number one. They feel that vibration. That was number one. Number two is we dove in deeply and I explained to her what cancer actually is right. and how it's created. That's the big okay? part. So that she can actually have a rudimentary understanding of what this thing is, what she's even dealing with, instead of this being this fear and this invisible thing that's taking you down. Right. That was number two. And it, of course, within that, we talked about the fact that Cancer cells are almost a normal occurrence in cell division. We have cancer cells every day, but our immune system actually disposes of them if it's functioning normally. In particular, we got the NK cells, the natural killer cells, macrophages, cytotoxic T cells, which utilize cytokines to kill cancer cells very effectively. All this stuff, it's right there for you to, to grab and understand, but most people never get the opportunity to learn this stuff. So, and then number three was we put a plan together to support her body's immune response and to eliminate cancer cells and to improve her overall vitality. Now, here's where the story gets even better. In just one month, the results were absolutely shocking when we got her scans back. And everybody who's listening, I want you to go to my website this time. If you're listening on iTunes or on Stitcher, I'm going to put up the scans for you to see this so that we can eliminate this fear that we cannot do this and to empower people to understand that you can heal. Yes. Okay? So... With that said, number one, the cancer tumors were nearly half in size. And again, this is in one month. Wow. The spreading to her neck had stopped, and the disease had been localized in one location. Unbelievable. And here's what's most interesting is that on these scans, and you'll be able to see this, is that prior to working with her and seeing her previous scans, her internal organs were chronically inflamed. You can Mm -hmm. see they were like lit up. Mm -hmm. There were areas like near her liver and her kidneys that were just expressing such incredible inflammation, you know. And fast forward one month, the inflammation was dramatically reduced. It was like negligible that you can even notice it. And these vital organs that are actually critical in supporting her full recovery were now healing. Ah, okay. the organs that were critical to supporting her full recovery. Yes. You said full recovery, did she? So she just actually texted me. No, she left a message on Facebook the other day saying she just got her recent scans back. Yeah. And I'm going to save the news to see exactly where we're at now. But she was very, very excited. I'll tell you that. So now with that said, so what did we do? And this is what we're going to bring our special guest on to talk more about this, you know, because this guy is amazing. You know, I learned a lot from him and I've been applying this stuff in clinical practice. And again, this stuff is not it's not rocket science. You know, this is, is very basic stuff. So number one, we eliminated all processed foods for the first 30 days in particular. I split her strategy up into three phases. So because number one, processed food, we're talking about a lot of processed sugars, simple sugars and 
we know now, and he can also talk about this, the fact that cancer tends to really enjoy sugar. All right? It really enjoys <laughs> oh, and helps it to proliferate and to grow. Okay, mm-hmm. so number one, eliminate all processed foods. Number two, we implemented a powerful medicinal herb called chaga, chaga mushroom. In a peer-reviewed study, it was found that chaga elicited anti-cancer effects, which were attributed to decreased tumor cell proliferation, motility, and morphological change induction. And here's the important note, is that the fact that it produced no or low toxicity to tested normal cells. This is the opposite of our normal treatments, Mm -hmm. chemotherapy, radiation. You know, we're damaging all of our healthy cells. Another thing we did was we fasted, okay? And that's going to shift a lot of your energy over to being able to take care of the problem Mm -hmm. because a lot of energy gets tied up in digestion. Plus, we add in SCIC tea. Okay, which he can also talk about. I'm so excited to bring him on. <laughs> Lastly, in the final phase, we introduced Laetrile into the mix. Okay. And this was an overall powerful anti-cancer strategy. And, you know, she's going to be around for her kids now. And that? again, I want everyone to see these images because we've got to eliminate the fear of this because it is possible. And it's about getting educated and getting your hands on the right information. That's right. So let me go ahead and bring on our guest oh now. Gosh. He's a friend of the show. He's the author of the best-selling book, Cancer, Step Outside the Box. I'd like to welcome our friend, Ty Bollinger. How are you doing today, Ty? Sean, what's up, brother? Good to be back on the show. Hey, Jade, how are you doing? Spectacularordinary. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, good. Ty. <laughs> uh, good to be back. Good to be back. I, I enjoyed the last time I intervied with you guys and gal, guy and gal, about, what was it, six months ago? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, been a little minute, yeah. and that was a really important show, man. So, you know, in that show, we definitely went into your backstory. So everybody can go. We'll put it in the show notes and go back and listen to that. But let's get into the new stuff. Let's talk about some of these things that we utilized actually with Christy and why they're so effective, you know, because some people are not going to go back and listen to that episode. And I want them to get a better understanding about why these things are so powerful. That was a fascinating story. As a matter of fact, I might get you to share that story today. You know, you're going to be coming on my show today and uh, I might get you to share that story. That was pretty impressive the way that you kind of tutored her and coached her back to health. And I think the most important thing, one of the most important things that you said, Sean, was that we have to give patients hope. And that's where the conventional oncologists, they just fall flat on their face because what's the common recurring theme that we hear from almost every cancer patient? It's this. I went into the doctor, they did some tests, they said I had cancer, and they said I was dead if I didn't follow what they said. Mm-hmm. They said that, they, that you know, it's, it's so aggressive, it's, it's terminal, or you know, maybe there's not any hope for them at that point. The doctor doesn't even say, you'll be okay if you do what I say. They may say, go get your affairs in order. Man, that doctor, that oncologist has just sentenced that person to death because of the fact that the way that the emotions have so much to do with our overall health and the way that when we're stressed, when we're fearful, we secrete the cortisol, we secrete the adrenaline, which compromises the immune function, and that immune function is what keeps us well. So I'm with you there. I mean, that is the main thing. And, and, and I think that's where alternative practitioners, I guess you could call us. I don't like the word alternative. I, I right. like to call us advanced practitioners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Say it, man. That's where people that believe in advanced medicine, like natural medicine, they provide hope. Let me address something. I've got a doctor friend that was accused of giving patients false hope. Hmm. Now, all of the patients that he supposedly gave false hope to lived so how is that false hope? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. They all stayed alive. Yeah. 
And apparently the treatments that he used worked. So, you know, the definition of false hope to the modern oncology is anything that doesn't follow the standard of care, which right. is chemo, radiation, and surgery. Right, right. So and that's the biggest thing, and that's what you did. You gave her hope. And then your treatments were great. You know, you eliminated the processed foods. You eliminated sugar. You know, the processed foods are so dangerous nowadays, not only because they're processed. You know, so they're dead foods. There's no enzymatic effect. But they're also 75 to 80% of processed foods on the shelves now contain genetically modified organisms. So, you know, we've got the cancer effect of genetically modified organisms that we could go in, into as well. But, you know, that was great. Chaga mushroom, yeah, I've, I've read a lot of studies on chaga, and it's, the main thing is that it creates a, an environment where the cancer cells commit apoptosis, right? They, right? they go back to the normal function of a cell that, that dies. The, the problem with cancer cells is that they, they live forever, basically. They keep growing, and they don't die naturally, and this, creates, this, this causes them to revert back into a normal cellular function that would die, and it's also, as you mentioned, selectively toxic, which is what we want. We want something that, that targets the cancer cells, but doesn't kill the good cells. And so chaga mushroom is something else that does that. Um, Unlike chemotherapy, just touch on that really quickly. What does chemotherapy actually do to our body, Ty? Right. Chemotherapy is very, very effective, Sean, at killing cancer cells. I'm not going to ever debate right. that because it definitely is. It does right. kill the cancer cells very well. But the problem is that chemotherapy is not selectively toxic. When we talk about the term selectively toxic, we mean it does not target a particular type of cell. It targets all cells, okay? And so chemotherapy, well, let me, let me kind of clarify. Most chemotherapies target fast-dividing cells. They do target a certain type of cell, but they mm -hmm. don't target just cancer cells. Now, cancer cells are fast-dividing cells, so the chemotherapy agents do kill cancer cells because they go after fast-dividing cells. That is one thing that chemo does very well. Unfortunately... There are other cells in our body that are also fast-dividing. Our hair follicles are fast-dividing cells. That's why when somebody gets on round after round after round of chemo that they lose their hair because it has destroyed those fast-dividing cells and they lose their hair. Another type of cell that is fast-dividing are the cells in our bone marrow. Bone marrow is where we manufacture our immune function. So when you take chemotherapy, you're killing the cancer, no doubt. That's why typically when you undergo chemotherapy, the cancer goes into remission temporarily because you've killed the cancer and the markers are down. But that's also why it is very, very frequent that I get emails from families of cancer patients that have recently died that said that their relative was cancer-free. At least they were told they were cancer-free after the chemo. They were in remission. But 6, 12, 18 months later, the cancer came back with a vengeance and spread to their whole body and killed them. And the reason that that happens so frequently is that chemotherapy kills the cells in your bone marrow where you manufacture your immune function. And without your immune system, we all know you're dead pretty quickly. Right. You know, the overarching thing is, and I want everyone to really understand this, I didn't cure anybody. I didn't cure her. You know, and even the doctors, the advanced doctors that you're talking about, they're not curing people. Their no. bodies are curing them. Exactly. You know? So that's a real good distinction because... Most people that I've talked to, that I've interviewed, they make that distinction. You know, herbs, you use burdock root and sheep sorrel and slippery elm bark and turkey rhubarb. That's all part of the Essiac tea formula. Right. You use those on Christy, or she used them. Those don't cure cancer. What those do is they kill pathogens in the blood. They stimulate immunity. 
they detoxify, they do a whole bunch of different functions in the body, and what that does is then it makes the body a breeding ground that is inhospitable to cancerous cells. It puts you back in, in the state of homeostasis to where then your body does the work. So good clarification. These things don't cure cancer because cancer, as you mentioned, is a normal bodily occurrence. We all produce cancer cells every day. It is a fully functioning immune system that is able to target them, to mark them, to kill them, and to keep the body in a normal operating condition. It's only when that immune function is impaired due to a multitude of factors, including primarily environmental toxicity, the toxins in the air, water, and food, and electromagnetic toxicity. Now we have to talk about cell phone radiation and so forth. All these toxicities impair the immune function, and then that's when the cancer gets, gets a hold in the body. So all these treatments do is they remove the toxins, they put the body back into the, the, the normal functioning state where the immune system works, and then the body does the rest. Right, right. It's, it's so amazing, Ty, you know, to, to understand that, you know, our bodies are infinitely intelligent. You know, they know what to do. It's just really about creating the right conditions in your body for it to do its job. And oftentimes, the underlying cause of these diseases is being out of alignment with what's real and natural. And there are some theories that cancer is even, in some ways, kind of cutting itself off from the rest of the body to try to protect you in some kind of strange way. Yeah, you know? yeah. I would agree with that to an extent. I mean, that, that is one of the functions, really, of a tumor. Is a, a tumor is a, is a walled-off bunch of cells that are fat, they're rapidly dividing cells, they're growing quickly, and the, the body walls off these cells with aberrant DNA that have different respiratory mechanisms than normal cells. They, that's why, you know, you mentioned sugar. Cancer cells love sugar. That's the way that they, they produce energy. They ferment glucose, which is blood sugar. That's different than normal cells. Normal cells breathe in oxygen. Cancer cells ferment sugar, and they produce lactic acid, which then is taken to the liver, and then it's reconverted back into glucogen, which is then converted to blood sugar again. So it's a never-ending process by which the sugar fuels the cancer cells. So what we want to do is remove that sugar. We want to remove the, the sugar from the diet. And so that's why that is so important for a cancer patient. And that's why an oncologist that tells a terminal cancer patient who is wasting away, you know, in the cachexia cycle where they look like they're a concentration camp victim with just no meat on their body and, and very, very unhealthy looking. Doctor says, hey, you know what, you've got terminal cancer, you're wasting away, you're in cachexia cycle, go eat anything you want. Go chow down on sugar, uh, or, you know, sugar, cakes, ice creams, desserts, whatever you want to eat, eat it to put on the weight. Well, that oncologist, whether you're probably not knowingly, has just sentenced that cancer patient to death because they're fueling the cancer and they're not going to fuel the rest of their body because the cancer cells devour the sugar. He didn't just sentence them in that case. He gave them the switch. Yeah. And yeah, he, told he, them he to sentenced pull the them trigger. and gave them mm-hmm. gave them the switch, gave them the actual poison. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. You know, I've had the opportunity of working with many, many, many cancer patients over the years and I've seen some wonderful stories and I've also seen some situations you know one person's coming to mind it was a woman she actually had cancer come back four times before she eventually passed away and I only had you know a couple conversations with her this was early in my career but to see I mean I, I do not want to negate the fact that this day that's coming up the National Cancer Survivors Day is important You know, the fact that, you know, these individuals are still saying, I want to live, you know, and I think that it's so important and so powerful. And to develop that mentality 
yet at the same time, I want everybody to cultivate the understanding that it is your duty. If cancer occurs within you, it's your responsibility to find out about it, you know, to really find out what you can do, not what the doctor who's trained in very, very minimal skills as far as treating cancer. Matter of fact, their methods for treating cancer cause cancer, you know. So I want people to really understand that this is not about taking away the fact that you are strong and whatever you've been through prior, you or somebody that you care about going through cancer, I acknowledge that and I appreciate and respect that so much. Now we want to look at how do we really stop this? How do we stop this cycle? And what do we need to do to ensure that the rest of our our family, our legacy is not dealing with the same problem? And what it really boils down to is getting back in touch with what's real and what's whole and natural. That's true, Sean, and, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that. And, and one of the problems that we have today with modern oncology is that the doctors really have not been trained how to correct the imbalance in the body. And so that is the problem. You see, cancer results from an imbalance in the body. And so when by adding chemotherapy to the body, you really haven't corrected any imbalance. You've created more of an imbalance right. most of the time. And, and so... Yeah. That's, that's really the problem with the treatments is they're not really fixing the cause. They're really kind of masking the symptoms for a while. And that's why cancer patients rarely have a long-term success from chemotherapy. Now, you do have a few. There's exceptions to every rule. Of course. But generally, you don't. The longest study that I'm familiar with that's ever been done on chemotherapy was done at the, the Northern Sydney Cancer Center in Sydney, Australia. They looked at 22 different lines of cancer in excess of 20,000 patients, if I remember correctly. And they, they wanted to see how effective chemotherapy is in contribution to a five-year survival rate, which is how we measure success with cancer today. And they found that chemotherapy has a 2.1% effectiveness on five-year survival rate. Mm-hmm. That, so that's, that's horrible, mm-hmm. 2%. Right. I mean, you might as well just flip a coin and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And if we'd have been told anything else, like go out here and scratch your back on a tree, it'll give you a 2%, we'd probably not fall for it. Right, right, right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The flip side of the coin is you have people like Dr. William Donald Kelly, who developed a pancreatic enzyme approach to cancer back uh, 30, 40 years ago. I think it was late 70s initially that had, let's see, 33,000 documented cases of terminal cancer that that lived at least a year. I believe it was the the one year. They were looking at one year at that time. 93% effective at one year, he was called a quack. Mm -hmm. And we have chemotherapy that's just barely over 2% effective, and that's the standard of care. See, something just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Right. I have a quick question, gentlemen, if I may. Of course you may. Um, You mentioned how there were some selectively toxic treatments for cancer. When it comes to different kinds of cancer, for example, pancreatic cancer, is considered one of the fastest and most aggressive. Is yeah. there a way to, I guess, is the cancer also selective as to a certain type being more aggressive than another that we may not have as much of an opportunity to reverse, remove, and or yeah. stop? Good question. And the reason that one of the one of the reasons that pancreatic cancer is so devastating and, and that orthodox medicine does not, they do not have a cure. They don't even claim to be able to cure pancreatic cancer. You know, some of them, like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, they'll say they can cure with chemo and prostate cancer, testicular cancer, they, they can cure with, with radiation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you've, you've had your isolated cases that that does work. Lance Armstrong's one of them that, that that's worked for. 
But with pancreatic cancer, the reason that's so difficult is because the pancreas secretes enzymes called trypsin and chymotrypsin, which are proteolytic enzymes, which means they are protein-digesting enzymes. Now, cancer cells have a protein coating around them. It's almost like a cloak that makes them invisible to your immune system. Mm -hmm. And by having sufficient production of pancreatic enzymes, the enzymes are able to see that protein coating around the cancer cells and digest it and make that cancer visible to the body, to the immune system, and then the immune system takes over. As Sean mentioned earlier, the macrophages, the NK cells, the cytotoxic T lymphocytes, and so forth, they go to work because now they recognize we've got a cell here that's an invader, that's an aberrant cell that we were supposed to take care of. The problem that you face is if you have a pancreas that has cancer, the secretion of these proteolytic enzymes is impaired. And so now the, the body, it, it's almost like a snowball effect. The body's no longer able to recognize cancer and then that's why it progresses so fast, because these proteolytic enzymes are not being produced by the pancreas. That's why I'm going to interview, actually in two days, on Friday this week, I'm flying to New York City to interview Dr. Nicholas Gonzalez. Gonzalez, yeah. And, yeah, and his therapy. partner, Linda Isaacs, they have a medical clinic up in New York City. And they use the, the proteolytic enzyme approach to cancer, right. where they give massive amounts of these protein-digesting enzymes. They've had tremendous success with cancers, including pancreatic cancer, as a matter of fact, I, I spoke at a conference in Atlanta in September, I think it was, and I was able to meet a lady that is, to my knowledge, the longest surviving pancreatic cancer patient that we know of in the world. She's, I believe, 15 years out now from diagnosis, wow. and she Amazing. is a patient of Dr. Isaacs using the pancreatic enzyme approach to treatment. And, and so I'm not aware of anybody else that pancreatic cancer that's lived 15 years on any conventional treatment. Right. We'll put in the show notes as well information and links to Dr. Gonzalez's work. It was influential in my thinking a while back as well. Mm -hmm. So now, Ty, I want to talk about carcinogens. You know, I want yeah. people to understand that cancer isn't something that just it just happens. You know, it's just it's like I remember this thought came to my mind one time. I was driving to work way back in the day when I was like in college. I was driving to work. And I had this thought pop up like, you know, I hope I don't get cancer. You know, it just <laughs> popped in my head. And and then in, in retrospect, you know, the thing was, I didn't understand anything about cancer. And, and I want people to understand the fact that if you're not born with cancer, if you're not born with some kind of a actual physical biological birth defect, these are things, these are genetic programs that get turned on due to something that we're exposed to or something that we literally like expose within ourselves. Okay, so this is where the conversation of carcinogens come in. And what are carcinogens? They're basically cancer-causing agents. These are things that are known to elicit these wacky genetic programs to take place. So some of those things, and I want to pass the ball to you in just a moment, some of those things are things like aluminum, mm -hmm. arsenic, which is common in a lot of drinking water. Got, obviously, like lead and lead-based paints and that whole thing. We've got power lines and that kind of thing. But something you mentioned earlier was... Something about GMOs. So is there something we need to be worried about with this whole GMO thing as far as cancer? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I'll get into that. Let me just mention, though, first, they divide carcinogens, which are cancer-causing agents, into different groups. And so if you have something that's called a Class A carcinogen, it means it's the most cancer-causing agents that we know. It's, it's, it's the group that is the most carcinogenic. It's interesting that tamoxifen is a Class A carcinogen, and tamoxifen is the drug that we use to treat breast cancer. So I, it's just Ty, like, wait, it, say it that no again. Sense. Say that again. People hear this. Please. Say that again. Yes. Yeah, so the, the, the number one drug that is used to treat breast cancer produced by AstraZeneca, 
It's called tamoxifen. In 1996, the World Health Organization declared tamoxifen to be a Class A carcinogen, wow. which means it is a member of the most cancer-causing agents known to man, but we use it to treat breast cancer. So I mm. just don't know. Maybe I took too many years of logic in college <laughs> because that just does not make any logical sense to me. Maybe I shouldn't have taken logic. No, no, I was a business major, and that makes no sense to me. What it sounds like is we're not using that to treat cancer but to accelerate. Yeah, if you didn't know better, you'd think that some of these things were being exposed to intentionally to be able to keep the cancer industry funded. If we go down that rabbit hole, we won't we won't get to anything else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as you mentioned, though, it's very this is very effective short term. So we get the illusion, yeah, that we we've do. done something, but we we're really it's, setting the we, person and, up and you for. Know what? Since you mentioned that, it's a perfect segue into GMOs because GMOs are something that are apparently very benign short-term. Let's talk about what's going to happen long-term from GMOs because the appearance is that they're safe. That's what we're told. We're told that they're safe. So for those that don't know what GMO stands for, it stands for genetically modified organism. And when you look at corn, soy, sugar beets, cottonseed, those are four big crops in the United States that are in excess of 90% of them are genetically modified. Now, we've been told by the largest manufacturer of genetically modified organisms, which is Monsanto, that they're safe. But the only thing that's required is that the manufacturer of the genetically modified foods submit a self-authored report to the FDA stating that they're safe. So, of course, that's what Monsanto has done. But the tests have not been replicated. They've not been scrutinized. They just go with it. They roll with it. They say, okay, you say it's safe, we'll go with that, and we'll introduce this into the food supply. Now, here's what's interesting. Monsanto has done testing on GMOs. They've done it specifically on genetically modified corn, and they've also done it on soy. We've heard of Roundup Ready soy, and then there's also a kind of corn that we, I'm trying to think of the name of the corn, but you would, you would recognize it, but it's a genetically modified corn. And, and like I said, 90 plus percent of what we buy is genetically modified on the shelves of the grocery stores today. Monsanto's tests that they had performed were on rats. They had groups of 10 rats. The strain of rat was called Sprague Dolly rat. They tested them for 90 days. Nothing happened. Monsanto said that the GMOs were safe. This was replicated, I think, at least half a dozen times over the last 10 years. Different studies Monsanto tested said these are safe. A group of scientists a couple years ago in France, headed by a researcher named Seralini, they took some rats and tested them, and they found out that Oh, they tested them. They didn't stop at 90 days. They went to two years. They found out that at about 150 days, the rats started getting cancer. Hmm. They found out that by the time that they reached the end of the two-year mark, 50% of the rats had died prematurely, and that those that were living, most of them had cancerous tumors the size of their entire bodies. Wow. Oh, now, my goodness. Yeah. Now, you can see these pictures online. You can, if you just go do a search for Seralini, S-E-R-A-L-I-N-I, and Mike Adams with Natural News wrote, wrote a great article on the Seralini study, and they've tried to debunk it. You know, Monsanto came out, the big agri came out, and they said, look, this is not a good study. They didn't use the right strain of rats. You know, they, they used rats that got cancer more frequently, and they didn't use enough rats. You know, this type of study should have had 20 rats, and they only used 10. Well, guess what? They didn't criticize Monsanto when they used the exact same strain of rats, which was the Sprague Dolly rats. They didn't criticize Monsanto when they used the exact same number of rats, which was 10 in each study. The only difference was that Seralini and his colleagues in France 
didn't pull the plug on the study at 90 days. They carried it out to two years, and the rats started getting tumors at about 150 days. So what they proved was that Monsanto skewed the results because they didn't carry out the study long enough. It wasn't long enough term, and I think Monsanto knew what was going to happen if they did. That'd be like me grabbing you, Sean, by the hair and holding you underwater for five seconds and letting you up and saying, hey, Sean, I just proved to you that water does not cause drowning. <laughs> well, you know what? You probably can hold your breath for five seconds. But if I tried that for about three, four minutes, we might have a different result. And that's exactly what happened with Seralini. They proved that GMOs are causing cancer and they are causing premature death. So you stay away from GMOs. How do you do that? You quit buying packaged foods unless it's organic. Wow. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That actually, the uh, dunking in the water reminded me of the movie The Last Dragon. Is the last scene Bruce Leroy gets his head pushed <laughs> into the water by Shonuff. Yes, yes. And he's going to die. And then he eventually breaks out and he's like, I'm the master or whatever. Yes, and then he yes, takes I am. That's right. So mm-hmm. anyways, I but. I won't be duped by this. But, you know, <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's definitely a correlation there, Sean. And we're talking, that was very quickly thereafter, that only after right. less than another 60 days, they right. were showing significant yeah. signs of cancer. Yeah. So. yeah. I just did an interview last week, and we can talk about the project that I'm on here if you want to in a second. This Absolutely. is the Truth About Cancer Project. But I just did an interview last week with Jeffrey Smith, who, if you're into GMOs, you know Jeffrey Smith. He is probably the most outspoken advocate of GMO awareness, and he is fighting the big GMO producers you know, head on at every turn, trying to, to keep people aware and, and trying to inform them of the dangers of genetically modified foods. And I had a really good interview with him last week at, at a condo out in, in Las Vegas where he was staying and, and got some really good nuggets of information from him on GMOs. The Seralini study has not been debunked. There have been other studies that since that time, I think one was in Taiwan, that have validated that study. So really, you know, people say, what should I do to prevent cancer? The number one thing I tell people now is eat fresh organic foods. As mundane and as basic as this sounds, right. eat fresh organic foods, stay away from the middle aisles, the processed foods, because they're almost all GMOs and they will cause cancer, especially for families that eat them at three, I mean, three meals a day. How many families do you know that never see a fresh fruit or vegetable in a meal? <laughs> we just, we just right? talked about this in the last episode. Uh-huh. I was that guy. This, I, I mean, was going to say, Sean was that guy. I don't even know how I made it to 20, <laughs> you know, without getting like the chronic disease that I had, which is yeah. degenerative back condition. But And that's another thing is the fact that, you know, we all do have some genetic disposition towards certain diseases. You know, so for some people, cancer is going to be the thing, the alarm that pops up that tells you you need to change. You know, for me, it was this degenerative issue that showed up giving me feedback, direct feedback that I was out of alignment and I needed to change. But what we do is we go and we hand ourselves over to someone outside of us to try to fix us. Instead mm-hmm. of like listening to that internal alarm. As a matter of fact, what we'll do is we'll hit the snooze button on it mm-hmm. all the time over and over again and just ignore it. And it can start off as simple as like not having energy or having headaches or depressed or, you know, all these little small signs are telling you, you know, you need to do something mm-hmm. yeah. before you know it. Then, boom, something big happens That's and you right. definitely life makes you pay attention then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like your your analogy there, Sean. The snooze button. That's exactly what modern oncology does with the treatment of cancer. When we see someone that has cancer and we cut out the tumor, that's like hitting the snooze button, because the tumor is not the cancer. The tumor is a symptom of the cancer. The cancer results from an underlying imbalance in the body that has not been corrected by cutting out the tumor. So right. we just, in effect, you know, hit the snooze button for a while, and then that's why the cancer always comes back because we didn't correct the underlying imbalance. 
It's like taking a hammer and smashing the check engine light in your car. <laughs> you, you, you may not see it anymore, and you may feel good about it, your car running well for a while, but it's going to break down because there's something wrong that you never fixed. Right. right. Exactly. Mm. Well, this is a good segue into, man, I'm so excited about the event that you have coming up. You know, you've got a actual series coming up, Cancer Investigative Report, actually. Yeah. And just tell us about that because I'm excited to get involved in it myself. So tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, this is cool. This is going to be really cool. It's, it's called The Truth About Cancer, Quest for the Cures. And it's an investigative report, which I have been traveling for over the last about month. And I'm, I'm heading back out on the road tomorrow to New York to interview Dr. Isaacs and Gonzalez, which I just told you. Right. But I've been in 16 states in the last 20 days and interviewing doctors and, and researchers and scientists and cancer survivors about their stories, how they're treating cancer, how they've successfully treated cancer, you know, what, what are they doing in their clinics to treat cancer? And they all, the common theme is they, they're all treating it naturally. These are not traditional oncologists. These are, these are medical doctors and naturopaths and homeopaths that are treating it holistically and having tremendous success. And so this is the first of its kind. We have seen the cancer summits online and the webinars that you can log in and watch somebody go through their PowerPoint, which, you know, it's fine. I'm not knocking it, but it's for those of us that are in the know we can we benefit from those type things. But for people that have not been exposed to this before, you know, I don't know anybody that has never heard about natural cancer treatments that's going to log on and watch a, a webinar about mm. alternative cancer. It's just not something that's interesting. And right. unfortunately, we're in today's society is a, is a five-second soundbite society, and we have to have our interest peaked before we're going to watch something. So what we've done with this is we've got a camera crew that's following me as I fly and drive all over the country. And, and we're doing a bunch of B-roll everywhere with me traveling and in the airports and, you know, greeting people and going through people's gardens. I mean, it's just, we got B-roll everywhere. It's going to be like a reality TV type show, a travel channel show yeah. where they follow me to the different doctor's offices and homes. And, and I'm sitting face to face with the people that have successfully conquered cancer and getting their story on it. And, and we go all over the country. We're getting a, a ton of different protocols. We're getting great information on prevention, on treatment, on diet, on detox, on all the things that you need to know, on the right kinds of water, the way water can act as an antioxidant to kill cancer cells. It's really amazing, the information. I've actually learned a ton just in the last three weeks that I've been traveling. Right. So that's our project. The website is called thetruthaboutcancer.com. This is going to be an investigative report, 60-minute style miniseries. We're calling it a docu-series. It's going to air on the website, thetruthaboutcancer.com, from May the 26th through June the 1st at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then we'll repeat it. We'll rerun it again at 9 p.m. Pacific each night from May the 26th through June the 1st. And the last episode, June the 1st, is, by the way, National Cancer Survivor Day. And that day will be one hour of testimonials of people that have cured their cancer naturally, and we have a ton of them. My problem now is I have so many that I can't fit all of them into an hour. Right, right. Wow. This sounds like a pretty big deal, man, and this is incredible. And you you brought up something really important is the fact that we're a very visual culture, like, you know, here today, gone today, I need to be grabbed, you know, and like for you to understand that and put together something that's more approachable and something that's much more engaging for everybody who's, and you know, we've got thousands and thousands of listeners all over the world. And yeah. whether or not, you know, and there's going to be some different camps, you know, some people are actually dealing with cancer right now. Some people have battled cancer previously, or we've got another group of people, I, pretty much, I mean, not everybody, but most of the people that I know 
has a family member or a friend at least who's battled with cancer. So getting connected to this type of information might be something really, really powerful and, and, and turn a corner for you. So yeah, thank you for yeah. putting this together, man. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it myself. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I agree. It's, it's, it's something different. And, I, and it's going to, the goal is to spread the word to as many people as possible. And so by this, with this venue, with this format, I think we're going to reach an audience that would never have been reached before. So I think it's going to be huge. We're, our goal is to change the world and empower them with knowledge. And, and hopefully this will be one small step to, to doing that. So, so anybody that's listening now, just go to the SeanStevensonModel.com. And Sean's helping us to spread the word. So just click on the link on his website there, and it'll, it'll take you right to the site where you can watch the videos. You can sign up to watch the videos for free there. So just go to Sean's website. Awesome. Fantastic, Ty, man. And, you know, thank you again because I know the transformative power of people seeing people who are like them. You know, this is why the stories are so important for people to actually have the opportunity to see these people who've been through what they're going through and seeing them healthy and whole again is yeah that can be more life-changing than any of our fancy pants expert analysis of the situation you know (laughs) like it can cut through at a different level you know we need that too we need that information we need that that guidance and that in that inspiration but we also need to see the proof you know we need to see the story because we've really had you know we've had things covered up you know like we can't we can't see clearly in our modern culture so this is why it's so important I agree, man. And, and you know, it, it's great. And we want to have the studies that prove that this particular substance stimulates the macrophages and the cytokines and the natural killer cells. We want that, okay? But we don't want to watch that. We want to know that it's there and the research is there. What we want to see is we want to see Christie's story. We want to see people that their lives have actually been changed and saved by these natural treatments. And I'm sorry if in the background you're hearing piano. My kids are practicing. For their it's all good. We totally so, understand. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> But we want to see the real-life stories. And while modern medicine might tell us that that is irrelevant, it's not irrelevant. It reminds me of a good friend of mine, Dr. Rashid Buttar in North Carolina. He's got a clinic, and he was sued by the American Medical Association and the North Carolina Board for practicing medicine. And what was this, the charges? Giving patients false hope was one of the charges. Even He was the one that, that gave patients false hope, even though none of them had died. And at his hearing, by the way, he beat the AMA and he beat the North Carolina board and they dropped all charges after it cost him about $10 million to defend himself in court, of course. In the end, he had five patients that were there that were supposedly terminal that he had treated that were alive five years out. And he had another couple dozen that were ready to come testify on his behalf. And the medical board, after the patients had testified, you know what they said? One word, irrelevant. They said, those patients are irrelevant. To me, a person alive when they were given a death sentence is not irrelevant. And the fact that he had 30 of them, 30 different patients that were ready to testify on his behalf, that's not irrelevant. But see, that shows how disconnected the medical establishment is. It's not about helping people live to them. It's not about seeing people thriving five years after they were supposed to be dead. It's about maintaining the status quo and keeping the standard of care to chemo, radiation, surgery, because that's what puts the biggest number of dollars in their pockets. Well, Ty, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate and and honor you for being unafraid to stand up and to share this information in the way that you have. It's just it's so honorable and, and just totally impressive, man. And and I, I've got a lot of respect for you. And everybody definitely head over in the show notes. We'll put a link up to the special series coming up. It's going to be awesome. And Ty, thanks again, man. I appreciate you coming on. 
Sean. It was a pleasure. Jade, yes. always great to talk to you. You are a great team, so keep up your work. We're all on the same mission, and you guys are kicking it, so keep it up. We sure appreciate you, Ty. You as well, and hugs to the babies and family. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Take care, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the show. We'll be around again for you next week with more awesomeness. And definitely make sure to tune in and check out Ty's event coming up. It's going to be amazing. Take care and talk soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to theshawnstevensonmodel.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome and you're loving it. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life.